Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, this is usually the point where you and I have some witty banter. Maybe you tell me a joke or two about your dating life. But we're going to start with a serious note today. The uh, the Dan and Benny show, uh, uh, our brigade, our family, we lost the patriarch of the show, our uh, honored friend over the weekend. I want you to uh, – you said you, you wanted to put a shout-out for uh, support for him and his family. Yeah, um, so Dominic passed away, I think it was the 12th of August, last Thursday. I got a call from my good friend Mike Miggett, who I'm going to mention again during the course of this little discourse. But, um, yeah, uh, now, yeah, as, as you said, Dominic was our very, very first guest. I And I, I went into this during the first podcast that I met Dominic on December 16, 2017, and uh, I was uh, at Rico's in Pittsburgh meeting Bruno, but this, and that's what I had told on the, the first podcast. There's a little bit more to the story, though. I was the first one at the restaurant. I was a nervous wreck, you know, sitting at the bar, drinking a glass of wine, trying to calm my, like, my nerves, which were literally off the charts. And who walks in the bar but Dominic, first person I see. So he was pretty early, too. And I went up and introduced myself, shook, you know, shook his hand. And, I mean, he could have said, well, nice to meet you, kid. And, you know, where, where's the rest, you know, where's the table? But, you know, he sat with me at the bar. He chatted with me the whole time till I think Mike was the next person to come. And, you know, he, I wound up sitting right next to him at dinner. Um, he was, I mean, he treated me like a friend, not a total stranger. So he turned what could have been a very awkward evening into literally one of the best nights of my life. And I could never thank him enough for that. And um, so... Um, I actually wrote a story about Dominic for Pro Wrestling Stories. It's one of the first stories I wrote. It was actually posted last December. And I got uh, a number of people, Sal Corrente, uh, Mike, Mike Miggett, um, Johnny Rods, Nikita, our friend Nikita Brezhnikov. And Davey O'Hannon literally spent a half an hour on the phone with me uh, just telling me stories about Dominic. And the love and respect he had for Dominic was just it was overwhelming and you know everybody everybody truly loved the guy that the guy was truly beloved and um mike mike was uh, I, I got off uh from work at noon for lunch and i had 22 text messages on my phone and it was all from mike and mike was a bit a bit upset to to appear tonight but he we will do a show about dominic uh in the future but mike was telling me a couple of stories about dominic just to kind of explain what kind of guy he was uh one was about his UPS driver. The guy would, uh, the guy came up to deliver a package to Dominic. Dominic was repairing his lawnmower. The guy, the UPS driver, helps Dominic repair his lawnmower. And then every time the guy came with a package after that, uh, Dominic would have a plate of like Italian cold cuts, like prosciutto and provolone, just waiting for the guy. That, I mean, just that's the kind of guy Dominic is. And anytime Mike would go visit Dominic, now Dominic was in Pittsburgh, and Mike was in Johnstown which is about two hours away. And Dominic would, Mike never left empty handed. Dominic would give him a bottle of crown Royal, which is Mike's drink of choice. But Dominic would tell Mike to, you know, make sure when you get home, you call me. 
which my mom used to do that when I would, you know, when I worked for Citicorp and I was flying all over the country, the one rule was wherever I landed, I had to call my mom and I was in my forties and, you know, Mike's a little bit older than that, but that's, I mean, that just shows the kind of person that Dominic is. And, um, you know, the, the one thing I feel bad about is that Dominic passed away without being inducted into the WWE hall of fame, something he truly deserved. His qualifications were arguably a hundred times more than a lot of the folks who were in there. So I kind of say, say, want to say, I, there's a lot more I want to say about Vince McMahon, but I won't say it tonight. You know, shame on you, Vince McMahon, for letting this great man pass on without giving him the honor that he truly deserves. But the one thing I want to leave everybody with is that if wealth was measured by class, Dominic would be a billionaire and Vince McMahon would be homeless living under a fucking bridge. So, Dominic, I want to hopefully I get this right. I want to say, see, el meglio del meglio, which means in Italian, you were the best of the best. Dominic, you are gone, but you will never be forgotten, my friend. Absolutely. And I said uh, when we posted the the kind of a, a note to on the fan page that that the success we had as as much as we've been able to grow from it stemmed not just from that first episode, but Dominic's support. He, he put in a good word with us with some people uh, and, and he helped, he made some comments about it without him. And, and as good as he was to us in the beginning, we wouldn't be sitting here. How many months later now, you know, do still doing what we love to do. So absolutely. I mean, I mean he even the, he did the same thing for the WWF. I mean, he helped build that company. Yeah. I mean, even how uh, you know the the running joke you had with trying to get that final match out of him all those years later, and he was still spry and and be, being as good as he was, and that's kind of a kind of a, a it was it, it's kind of a mixed blessing in that in that you know it was nice, but it, it hurts even more. But yeah, he you you said it perfectly. I mean, and, and it's a damn shame, and I hope that that the the class or lack of that you mentioned doesn't doesn't tack on some legacy nomination next year you know in, in the like like they always seem to seem to be late to the party i mean what a damn shame guys like ivan koloff and dominic Danucci, two like mega stars from the 60s and 70s who put a lot of money in vince senior's pocket and and helped the wwf become a thriving company and like why is that history forgotten Son, son likes to rewrite his father's history. You see that guess, with how yeah. how they look at some of the some of the titles, but to each to each their own, I guess. But yes, next time you uh, next time you enjoy a shot of Crown or, or some Italian food, so you finally get some of that polenta, Benny. You, you know who to think of. Absolutely. And uh, best best to him, and and he will be missed, and and he was a, he was an integral part of the show. But uh, as they say, the the show must go on, and and we wouldn't be uh, wrapping ourselves up too hard. He, he wouldn't he wouldn't want that either. So we are going to move on. We have a lot to talk about this week. Looking at, at the the week in wrestling. Uh, joining us on the phone, we have a special guest, 
He's the master of the contract, NorCal Indie Wrestling Manager of All Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Iron, California Championship Wrestling, Wrestling for Charity, and he even once managed the great Kali in a match, as well as he's the co-host of Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast. He is Buddy Sotelo Esquire. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you so much for that uh, uh, very uh, well qualified uh introduction i i i appreciate that so much and it's been great to have uh uh benny on our show for wrestling and everything coast to coast that i host with evan ginsburg and mike lano wrestling historian mike lano um and uh, one of these days we'll get you on the show too dan so we, we we're not just uh interested in what benny has to say we would like to have you on our show as well in the near future when you're available on well, ben, Benny's done a good job representing us. His his contract said he has to do well, so and he's, he's ironclad. Iron I contract. should have Buddy review my contract just to make sure everything's up. You know, everything's in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably get. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna email Buddy a copy of my contract. Uh, Benny, this, here's here's what I offer a guarantee: if you're getting paid nothing, I will double your salary. Yeah, that's some good. Scott, Scott Steiner math right there. Yeah. yeah. You, you have a 66 and two-thirds chance of making more money with me, Benny. Yeah. But uh, hey, just as long as you don't send your contract to Stephen P. New, What's I know he'll uh, like he'll take care of it. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Exactly. That's, that's how it works out. That's, that's how I get my cut. But these days, that seems like all I've been pulling in after COVID and uh, – economic slowdowns out here in California. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't be above board to uh, to get whatever reward I would get from your contract, working on your contract. Exactly. You know, we had did have a lot um, uh, this week. We, it was the first, with the, with the new, uh, well, I should say this week, we recorded on a Tuesday, so technically last week, with the new uh, returned to, we, we had several shows returned to crowds as well as uh, expansions of the market. If you like televised wrestling, now's the time because you've got Monday, you have Raw. Tuesdays is NXT. Wednesdays, you've got AEW. Thursdays is Impact. Fridays, you have AEW Dark as well as uh, you have uh, upcoming, you have NW, NWA pay-per-views. You have an AEW pay-per-view. Uh so a lot, a lot of wrestling to go around um, this coming weekend on Saturday uh, for the first time in a long time. It's not going to be on a Sunday. Saturday is SummerSlam live from Las Vegas. First wrestling show in the new Raiders arena. So that's going to be a huge crowd. And, you know, uh, the crowds for the big four always, always bring it. And then Sunday you have the NXT pay-per-view. We're actually going to talk about SummerSlam. I do want to make an interesting note, however, uh, in, in news of the world, Building up to the AEW, the upcoming AEW show, of course, everyone's watching to see if uh, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson and CM Punk uh, will make their their appearances as they've been rumored to be connected to the company now. But um, on the first edition of AEW Dark, uh, Kenny Omega lost the Impact slash TNA, now Impact title, to Christian, uh, which... 
I want to make an interesting note, I, and I'm not going to get too much into the details of the match. However, Christian continues his dominance of other cha- other people's titles in, and, and here's a little, little, little fun fact factoid for you. He won the world title, which premiered in the NWA slash WCW on a WWE pay-per-view. He won the ECW title on a WWE pay-per-view. He won the NWA Heavyweight Championship on a TNA pay-per-view. And now he won the Impact Heavyweight Championship on a show booked by AEW. So he has now won four different world championships, all none of which on the program in which they premiered. So nice. he, he's won four different world championships for four different companies from on four different shows that they weren't originated. That's a... Little fun trivia fact for everybody. But moving on, um, the the big event, obviously, we had, uh, like I said, coming up, we've got SummerSlam. And, and Benny, we always, uh, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about this is uh, obviously the first big show. Um, it's going to be in Las Vegas, over 100,000 people in the crowd. Um, it should be interesting. It's got a lot of matches as of as of last night. Now, we're recording on a Tuesday so we do not have the go home SmackDown, um, but as of right now, there's ten confirmed matches for the show. So this will be one of the longer pay per views they've had in a while, assuming that the matches don't run in any weird time frames. Um, before we get too much into predictions and going forward, uh, our our uh, Esquire friend there, are you following much of the modern product? I know. You do a lot of the uh, old wrestling history. Yeah, um, well, thanks. Uh, I got to admit that I, I have not caught up on as much AEW or WWE shows. Um, I will make a, uh, a flat-out um, admission here is that um, I am a uh, I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And my time has been taken up in the evening with the San Francisco Giants and uh, their current uh, first play, first place uh, performance uh, 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 of the National League West. They are playing a hell of a lot of compelling baseball. I know this is a baseball show, but but they're playing so much compelling baseball that it's hard to choose between uh, watching the Giants and watching wrestling. And, and as you pointed out earlier. You know, um, you said now's a great time for people who love wrestling, but is it really because there's so much wrestling that it sort of takes away from any one particular show? If you miss, say, the WWE's show, well, there's always next, there's always uh, SmackDown. If you miss Raw, there's always the Saturday shows. Um, and so the, the exclusivity of of appointment television and and sitting down to watch something as it happens kind of gone away from modern wrestling. Would you agree with that a little bit? Danny, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, certainly, and, and I was going to make a, I was going to uh, tease Buddy about the 1962 World Series, which was actually before his time, uh, where the, the San Francisco Giants uh, faced the New York Yankees. But, I mean, only the fact that Willie McCovey's line drive uh, had a meeting with Bobby Richardson's glove 
which I, I and I, they didn't measure bat speed back then, but I would guarantee that McCovey's line drive would have ranked among the all time, you know, as far as miles per hour, like right up at the top. But just happened to find Bobby Richardson glove, or otherwise we might be having a different conversation. I wouldn't be teasing him about it, but um, there's yeah. a lot going on. Um, you know, the baseball seasons is, is you know is, is in full full gear. Some good pennant races, and you know, Buddy's team is doing very very well. But you know, the fact that wrestling wrestling was meant to be it was meant to happen in front of people. You know, watching all those all those months watching Raw and SmackDown in that empty arena, just something wasn't right about it. You know, whatever they call those people in the crowd, those fake people. Thunderdome. Uh, the, the Thunderdome. Yeah. I, I just couldn't, just I, you know, and, and just the fact, I mean, they did a great job of trying to cut their promos as if people were there. But it, you know, it, other than I think it was Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler wrestling in front of a, in, in front of an, a, a crowd right. of no one. Um, right. You know, wrestling is meant to be, be wrestled in front of people. And this, this probably, you said maybe 100,000 uh, projected attendance. At uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Well, I mean, it, it's last time they held it in a stadium that size, they had a crowd of over a hundred thousand. So I assume yeah, they got to be pushing something like that. I'm thinking just the fact that it's you know now that there there is live wrestling again, that alone I think will drive up the attendance. Um, and it's a pretty decent card, uh, as we'll talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, and again, it's always about the storylines. Hopefully they can in, keep us interested enough that like this isn't just a one-off where you know they're going to pack the the stadium and then you know the the the, um, the ratings are going to just go down you know off the cliff again in a bad way. So hopefully this is a, the start of something good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever worked live shows, but but there is definitely something that comes with the crowd and a large um, receptive audience. And when you are able to get that reaction from a big crowd, it certainly gives a lot more emotional uh, investment to the wrestlers, and they, they they perform at a higher rate. And and really, you know, crowd psychology has so much to do with what you see in the ring, and and what the guys call, and how they you know sell, and and all of that. Uh, when you have a really great crowd versus, you know, crickets in the audience. Right. I think, well, you know, this is my opinion, but I think, like, the WWE fans are like the guy who has the, the, the girlfriend that, like, always does him wrong, but he always takes her back. You know, and, and he just, you know, he just wants her to do the right thing, but he'll always love her and he'll always take her back. And, like, you know, I don't think the product has been very good of late, but... I think the you know the fans they they want it to be good again they they want to come back they want to be drawn back in so hopefully you know and we've said this a couple of times before hopefully this this is the start of something good yeah no yeah. and not not to mention too the uh, something we talked about a few times Benny is the performers uh, the the wrestlers the way they a lot of them were trained involves working a crowd and even in the empty arena and the television screens they would do moves and then they would look to the crowd for a reaction and it just it felt awkward because the reactions were clearly were either not there or clearly piped in and now they get to play in front of a large crowd it will be interesting to see however 
um, Nevada has a mask mandate in place now. So all everybody in attendance at SummerSlam is going to have to wear a mask. And I'm not sure at the time of this recording whether or not there's going to be vaccine regulations in place for indoor crowds. But oh there will be a mask mandate. So it might, that can it make might a affect the, uh, the crowd size or at least maybe maybe the the quality of the crowd to, you know to, just to see how it goes if you're going to go to the show go get your shot go get it already just go, don't find an excuse to get vaccinated go get your vaccination especially i hope they do require people to be vaccinated to show up indoors because there's no this one Yeah, I mean, well, um, that's certainly seems to be leaning that way as more and more companies. And again, we're, we're not trying to derail, but more and more companies and organizations are making vaccines mandatory for attendance and employment. So be interesting to see. But like you said, Benny, hell of a card building up um, very almost WrestleMania worthy with as as many tight big name title matches and big names they have on the card. Um, we're going to start with the match that I'm not going to lie. And I mean, no criticism to either woman involved but the match i i care absolutely the least about that was added officially last night even though it's been teased for a few weeks now uh alexa bliss will be wrestling eva marie so the evolution finally gets her pay-per-view shot um i like and i that's said something, I'm, that's a match that's a match you could see on raw or smackdown anytime that yeah that, that, there's nothing special about that if it weren't for the psychological elements and and the supernatural side of the story, I would put this on the pre-show. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I Alexa Bliss, I guess, is my pick for that one, um, just because it makes more sense to me as far as the storyline goes. Although it the way they're you know, bringing Eva Marie back just to have her lose to a doll seems like a weird return. But very typical of the WWE. So, you know, let's just hope they don't get Rocco out of mothballs and and made her off with uh, uh, <laughs> well, the other dolls. I, I will say at least, remember, Benny, a couple months ago when it, we were talking, it looked like they were building up to have Alexa Bliss and the doll be the, t- the oh, wrestler yeah. for the tag titles. Yeah. She was feuding with the tag champs. She would be younger than Nicholas. Yeah. So what do you think, Benny? Um, I think that uh, my prediction is I'll either order a, a smokehouse brisket from Firehouse <laughs> when that happens, or I'll turn to the Animal Planet channel and watch the mating habits of the Peruvian macaque. Um, <laughs> that's about how much I care about this. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say Alexa Bliss. I can't see her. Is she? You know, now she owns the gimmick. Uh, I can't see that changing. You know, as far as her being vulnerable, not to Eva Marie. Okay. I say I say we're gonna have a run in with uh, with Chucky and Rocco. They're gonna and, and we'll have uh, Kermit the Frog come in. You know all and it'll be a battle. How about the uh, the monkey from that movie trilogy of terror? Because that was pretty scary. That. <laughs> all all jokes all jokes aside, though, we are coming up on the anniversary of RoboCop Rescue and Sting, so maybe a nice classical run-in from a fictional character isn't too far off the woodworks. I just hope they put that one first and get it out of the way, though. Yeah, oh, well, 
you got to be careful with that. Remember what they did at Mania, where they had the Fiend come out in the box and lose to Randy Orton to begin the show, right? And it just completely killed the crowd for several hours. It, yes. So you got to be careful. Depending that, on how they that's do this. Randy Orton's fault. Randy Orton can kill any crowd for four hours. Oh well. Just moving to a uh, another grudge match of sorts. This one um, is gonna. It's Drew McIntyre against Jinder Mahal. Now I said we're recording this on a Tuesday. The, yesterday's Raw they had a stipulation match. Jinder Mahal wrestled uh, Veer and Shanky, and uh, who are excuse me, Drew McIntyre wrestled Veer and Shanky, and McIntyre won. So they Mahal's goons are banned from ringside, and Jinder or uh, Drew McIntyre gets to carry his magic sword to the ring. Um, I mean, I, I like, I'm a fan of Jinder Mahal. I like that he has goons that are more intimidating than the Singh brothers. Um, but I don't see, there's no way you have him win this match, not with what Drew McIntyre has been through. So, uh, I'm, I think McIntyre wins. I, hopefully it's decisive to kind of build him up because they've done a good job building Jinder Mahal as a more credible villain. But uh, I think Drew McIntyre wins this one. Uh, my notes are that right now this match is two thirds of three MB, so maybe we'll have a run in with Heath Slater. That would be great. And you know, so no Viri, no Shanky, but we do have Angela, right? I think that's his sword's name, or Angela. See, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I think the most important name in this match is going to be three, two, one, and it's going to be the Claymore, and it's going to be all over. Drew's going to win this, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I. I... It's pretty rough for Drew to be second match on the card. He's fallen pretty far down the marquee, you know, from just a few months ago, where he was nearly a headliner and main eventer. So um, I think it's kind of rough that he's, I mean, at least he's included in one of the 10 matches, but I, I think it's, it's kind of a forgettable opponent. I bet it's going to be a forgettable match, and we'll probably see some kind of rematch um, uh, on SmackDown or Raw uh, when they're all said and done. So I don't think this is all I'm actually going to see in this particular match, but it's, it's kind of a waste of Drew's time. I do think Drew will win this one because I think he's due for another push from the WWE. You know, buddy, that brings up a very good point because Dan and I, you know, just a few months ago when we were talking about WrestleMania, we were talking about Drew McIntyre as the long-term champion. So it kind of begs the question, like, what happened that he's, you know, kind of fallen from grace a bit? Oh, Vince gets tired of his new toy. That's it. Vince is nothing but a six-year-old. I mean, I have ten-year-olds at home, so I, I know exactly how they work. And when you get them a new toy, they play with it all the time. And they say it's their favorite toy, and then a month later, it's under, it's at the bottom of the toy box, and a new toy is being played with all the time. Or, or they play with the know. box and they don't even play with the toy. Or yeah, they'll play with the box, but but uh, McIntyre is just, I mean, we've seen it with Vince, where he gets fascinated with some somebody, especially if they're big and strong. I mean, look at the push that Braun Strowman got, you know, a year ago. You know, there, there's lots of guys that are in Vince's favor, and then just as fast as he is in love with them, he falls out of love with them. The only asterisk to those are being members of his own family, and somehow the Miz and Randy Orton. Those are the only guys that somehow Vince never gets tired of, even when they deliver crappy match after crappy match after crappy promo after crappy match. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, like you said, Benny, about um, you know we he especially I mean Drew McIntyre was the MVP of the empty arena era, pretty much carrying the company, and now he just kind of I mean, he loses multiple title matches. He even though I get even though I get that the the hurt lock is supposed to be a devastating finisher, he loses the main event at WrestleMania to a full Nelson. I mean, that that's kind of a crappy way to go out. And, yeah, like you said, uh, maybe the new toy falling up and down the ladder. But we'll see. Uh, moving on to the, the final grudge match of the night that doesn't have titles involved. Uh, and one of the better builds, actually, I think, in recent weeks is the match between Edge and Seth Rollins. And this obviously stems from Seth Rollins costing Edge his title match. And the retribution that followed from that and the attacks and the bickering and and kind of Seth Rollins painting himself as a modern version of Edge um, to see kind of a, a old lion versus young lion type story. Now, in this one, uh, I I'm torn because Seth Rollins is one of those guys that always seems to be in the matches that he's sh- winning the matches that storylines say he shouldn't. Um, but. I think in this one, I mean, Edge has had really crummy luck in matches since his return, and I think he needs this win a lot more than Seth Rollins does. I think winning this match hurts Seth Rollins less than it would hurt Edge if if Seth Rollins beats him clean. So I pick Edge for this one. I'm right there with you. I mean, I think Seth is kind of Teflon at this point, you know, and – it's going to, it might be a, a, you know, a swerve loss where it's, you know, some kind of outside interference or, you know, something like that, where it's not a clean loss. But I, I, I agree with you. Edge needs the win at this point. Um, he's taken, a, you know, some several tough losses. I'm, I'm going with Edge. In my thought, if this match had happened about five or six years ago, it would have been a contender for match of the year. I think if you caught Edge more towards the prime of his career, what we would probably be seeing as fans would be a match that we'd probably remember years from now. Uh, as, as it is with the extra time behind him, I'm going with Seth Rollins. I think he's, I think that, uh, Vince is happy that he's come back from the entries as strongly as he has. And I don't think he wants Rollins to look weak after all the rehab that he's done. So I think that, that Seth will have the edge edge uh, over Edge. But I, I could see Edge winning it, I, you know, because Vince, on the other hand, loves to give older wrestlers, uh, you know, a push, you know, as they're, you know, reaching the finish line. So, uh, you know, and it, I don't think has that many more years left, whereas Rollins, obviously, as long as he doesn't get any more severe injuries, should have another, you know, 10 years on him, you know, or five more years on him. I'm not sure if Edge has that much time left. So Edge, I, I think Edge is 48, I believe. Oh I think he was God. born in 1973. But, oh he, I God. mean, the the one good thing he's, I mean, he has less miles than the typical 48-year-old because, he, he you know, he's off all that time. Yeah. Sure, and, but, but he's still 48. He proved with the, uh, he proved with the Rumble that he can go a long match and he showed with, uh, you know, some of the stuff, unfortunately he also showed in that 
uh, last man standing match against Randy Orton at Mania it, during his return that he can he can also be. I don't want. I don't blame Edge for that, but that match was booked very poorly. But Edge was yep. Edge looked tired. He looked worn out. He uh, blown up. I guess is the word for it. But he, he we'll see. Um, moving on to the another match that was added officially added yesterday. The Raw, the Go Home Raw, um, for the Raw Tag Team Titles. AJ Styles and Omos are going to defend the Raw Tag Team titles against the RK Bros, which is Randy Orton and Riddle. Now, there's been some back and forth with those two, Randy Orton and Riddle, about the mentor-mentee and Randy Orton turning on him and and, then Riddle still kind of being the persistent doofus friend. Um, But he earned Randy Orton's respect. They get the title match. I I think, Benny, I think you said it uh, about a month or so ago that you thought that was the would be the team to take the titles off AJ and Omos. And I agree with you. I think if anybody is going to get that push, I think it's them. But they just officially reformed as a team yesterday. I don't think you give them the titles immediately. Um, I wouldn't. I would build it up. But if you're going to have a title change at SummerSlam, or you're going to have a title change, SummerSlam is the place to do it. But I think AJ, there's still more story to tell with AJ and Omos, and I don't think Orton and Riddle need the titles to continue that story either. So I'm actually going to pick AJ and Omos on this. I'm picking them, but I'm I'm also picking, and this is one of my, you know, uh, my my wild cards here. I'm I'm thinking that Riddle's going to turn heel on Randy. I don't know why I think that. I just kind of feel that. That would be interesting. Wow. I mean, I I can't in my wildest dreams imagine Riddle being a heel, but maybe he'll surprise us. They spent so much time trying to build him up as a face, though. It seems like that way, although the fan reaction hasn't been overwhelmingly positive for Riddle anyway, so maybe he's going to do like the Honky Tonk Man. A lot of of people forget that the Honky Tonk Man debuted as a face. Correct. He was Hogan's friend. Yeah, and everybody hated him. Well, interesting. Uh, he had, the fans made him turn heel. I don't think yeah, they had yes, that sur- they the survey that Jesse Ventura announced the results. Yeah. And, and, it, and then you had instant heel. Well, and not to mention, it wasn't even just the survey. It was entirely mail-in votes through the magazine. And it was something like, what well, was crazy. I want to say it was something like 140,000 votes or something like that. It was an insane amount of people that, that participated. Right, and it, it was, was overwhelmingly. Yeah. it was like eighty percent hated honky tonk, and then he cut the promo on "Screw the fans, I don't need you," and bam, you know. But I, I think I kind of agree with uh, with Russell on this one. Um, oh, sorry, I just broke broke kayfabe. Used your real name. My mistake. Hey, I. Uh, buddy, I'll see you. Yeah, buddy, yeah. I'll see I, you. I apologize, buddy. I. Uh, I agree with Buddy on this one that if, if Riddle was to be heel, I think he would almost be, if you remember, there was a time when they had Rob, they tried to push Rob Van Dam as a heel and he didn't change character at all. He was still the come out and point to himself and bro and, and dude, I'm Rob Van Dam. And he was, but he, but he was a bad guy and the fans just loved him anyway. So. Yeah. I, I, but 
it, it also, you know, says to me, because I'm so used to the WWE now, and, and when you look at, like, a pair of guys that really, by all intents and purposes, should be tag, should remain the tag team champion, and the style, yeah, styles always should, you know, be considered a title holder in the WWE, just based on the talent alone. But the WWE loves to serve its fans rotten meat and sour milk and tell people, you're going to love it. And so I think that the, the tag team of Riddle and, and Randy Orton is awful. I, I would not, I would never want them to be tag team champions. But that's just the kind of thing that Vince loves to deliver and tell you to take a big bite and, and smile from it. So I, I actually could see the upset happening. And as much as I don't want it to happen, I think it's going to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting that according to the backstage news, it was actually Randy Orton and Riddle that pitched the idea of the, of them becoming a team to the creative. They were the ones that said, hey, you know, it would be really fun if we did the, you know, will they, won't they grumpy old veteran with the new upstart fun kid tag team. So maybe, maybe uh, there there's some long-term booking there because as much as I like Randy Orton, I think he's at the point in his career where he's not going to win many, many more championships that aren't tags or the occasional random mid-card title. No, I think he just wants his paycheck. I I can't stand it. That's where you and I depart. I'm not a fan of Randy Orton, and I think he's a show killer. He's not a legend killer. He's a show killer. And I think the WWE has to work around him to make the show better as opposed to him making the show better all by himself. I have enough. I would say enough with the uh, enough with the sugar coating. Why don't you tell us how you really feel, buddy? Right. I, you know, I, and I think that that AJ and Omos are going to win only because I don't think Omos is ready to go solo yet, and I think he needs to stay with AJ. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, I agree with that too. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. No, I agree with that too. I think that they, they but maybe they they would keep them still together as a tag team and have them, you know, battle. Randy and Riddle for the uh, for the title, you know, over uh, a series of, of matches, and then eventually, I think they would maybe turn Omos heel on uh, uh, Styles, you know, turning on him like they they do in a lot of matches after they have a couple of losses or something like that. I could see WWE going to that familiar trope. See, that's that's interesting because ben, Benny and I talked about this before, and we both think when the time comes, it's going to be the other way around. I think Omos is going to be the face in that team, like the the kind of the Shawn Michaels Diesel, Diesel storyline. Yeah. We'll see. It's possible, although the, the Styles, when they put him as a heel, I don't think has gotten over as much as he has when he's been a face. No, he's just too AJ Styles. Even even as a phenomenal heel, no pun intended, AJ Styles is just too popular with the crowd. I mean, yeah. he's in, he's up there with like your your Rock and uh, you know, like you said, with people like the Honky Tonk Man or Andre the Giant, where they'll get booed and and have garbage thrown at them. But let's be honest, fans are still paying tickets to see because they're huge. They're just over. I mean, look at look at what they ended up doing with the New Day. They were supposed to be heels and ended up being 
one of the most profitable as far as merchandise and marketing acts that the WWE has ever had. And I mean, sometimes fan, you, fans pick what fans want. But uh, moving on, a, a, another match that's been a few weeks running now. Uh, the U.S. title, Sheamus is defending against Damian Priest. Now, Damian Priest is one of those guys that we we talked about. Um, really, we both really, Benny, you and I both really like his look, his 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 style, his in ring performance. He kind of got saddled with the after the bad the 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 match with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. He kind of got saddled with the continued feud with the Miz and Morrison, who, by the way, are gold, but. Um, you know, now he's kind of breaking off on his own and he's challenging Sheamus. And I think my pick, I have Damian Priest winning this. I think it's time to to put the, like Sheamus is a great heel, but he doesn't need a title to be over. But I think Damian Priest needs the rub of being the face champion and, and putting him a title on him at a at a show like SummerSlam is the way to do that. Totally agree. Uh, it's an over to me. It's a no brainer. You know, he. Uh, Priest needs to move on from Miz and Morrison a little bit. Like their feud was epic, and Miz and Morrison were like total money in that feud, I think. But I think it's time for Damien to move on, grab a belt. Sheamus is, I think Sheamus has done a really good job with the U.S. title, but I think it's time to see, you know, to see what uh, what Damien can do. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Um, uh, Morrison is a guy that I actually know personally. I worked a show with him at Supreme Pro Wrestling in Sacramento, and uh, he, you know, he's from Northern California, and he was a lot smaller back then. But uh, you know, he, he had just—I uh, had just talked to him right after he had done the Tough Enough uh, 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 show and that contest, and I was like, and and you know, he was still still an incredibly humble guy, um, and uh, I, I liked. Him have the success. Sheamus has had the titles that he needs. You know, he is he he's already held a bunch of titles. So I don't think that the WWE needs to put another belt on him just to get him over. He's got a great look. He's still in great shape, and he, he wrestles still a pretty good match. So I, I think that uh, that that I could see you know um, uh, Sheamus losing that that match and and and. Uh, 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 see maybe a new champion be be put put for it. The name is hideous though, Johnny Drip Drip. Back in the day when you had Drip Drip, you had to go to the doctor for a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, as much as I am a fan of the Miz and John Morrison, I think the Drip Stick is one of the worst gimmicks I've seen in in a very long time. Although uh, the Miz has confirmed that he's better from his injury. Uh, so congratulations to him for being the fastest recovery from a zombie attack in wrestling history. Oh, yeah. I thought for sure they had finished him off, but he's out of the wheelchair well, running around. He he wrestled yesterday, so in only a few months, the Miz came back from a deadly zombie attack. To uh, well, deadly. You can only die from a zombie if they eat your brain, and in the Miz's case, that's not a problem. Well, they they got they got his knee. I guess. Then is what you're saying, buddy. Oh. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying yeah. The zombie went and and took a good knock on that head and found there was nothing in there. They just moved on. That's like that joke, you know. Went for head X-rays and they found nothing. (laughs) Yep. The the old the old uh, Three Stooges gimmick of the the flashlight in the ear shining on the wall next to him. (laughs) But um, moving on. 
a uh, another interesting build of sorts is uh, the SmackDown tag titles. The Usos are defending in the rematch against the Mysterios. Um, this was one of those title changes that surprised me because, Benny, you remember we talked about this where uh, you had Jimmy Uso getting a DUI and what was it? Four days later, he was, yeah. he was winning a title at the pay-per-view. Right. Um, and other than John Cena making a mugshot joke and Roman Reigns pretty much referencing it directly saying, you know, sometimes we need to, to get you where you need to go. Um, they really haven't punished him the way I thought they would. Now again, hasn't been technically been found guilty of anything. So okay, who knows? But, uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It took uh, the um, last SmackDown. There was a, the Street Profits return to action against the Alpha Academy. It was nice to see the Street Profits again. And they talked about them being championship material. And I actually had to think for a second. I was like, shoot, shoot, who's the champions again? Um, <laughs> it, the, the, basically, the, 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 at this when the Usos won the titles, it's they, it's been props to help Roman Reigns to now the, all the families got all the gold and they've had their, their singles matches against the Mysterios who somehow uh, root the um, dirty dogs, Ziggler and rude got roped into it. And the Mysterios have been beating them on, on a weekly basis. Um, but I really, just from a storyline standpoint, I don't see a reason to give the belts back to the Mysterios, especially because it looks like with the street profits next in line, the Street Profits versus the Usos would be a much better match on paper. Uh, plus, I you talked about Riddle turning. I definitely think it's they're, they're, the, the long-term booking is going to be the Mysterios splitting up, probably Dominic going heel. That would make the most sense. Um, going heel and then beating his father and getting that like handshake at the Mania or whatever. Uh, but I picked the Usos on this one. Absolutely. No-brainer again. And I totally agree. Uh, I'm not sure. Who, I imagine it would be Dominic who would turn. He'd have more reason to turn, but uh, no reason to give the belts back to them. Uh, and like you said, the street profits are they're waiting in the wings. That'll be the next feud. So I, I pick uh, I pick the Usos on this one. I, and I may be. Um, I I think the Usos are going to win. I'm a big fan of the Usos. They're uh, native San Franciscans, and and so I always root for the Bay Area, you know, connection um, when I can. Um, But I think this is actually could be a sleeper for being the most fun match of the night to watch. I think that that, I I have a feeling that that people are going to be very entertained by what goes on in the match. And the Usos are good in-ring bookers. You know, they can call a match really well now and, and, they're kind of hitting their their stride as a tag team, and uh, and and uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of fast paced, uh, over the top action that I think is going to be good. I think everyone is going to look like a winner in this match. I agree, and I do think that it's going to be Dominic making some kind of rookie mistake at the end that causes the Usos to win. And that's going to be the point of contention between Ray and Dominic. Yeah. And they've been kind of teasing that with uh, some of the singles matches they've been having where Dominic keeps being the one that gets distracted and Ray's kind of like, Hey, focus, you know? Um, 
I could see that. It'd be interesting. But uh, moving on, um, where were we? Okay. Uh, Match number seventy-five. Match okay, number seventy-five. Right. As we as we roll into hour five of this pay per view, you know, all jokes aside, remember, uh, was it three or four years ago? From opening match or opening uh, uh, intro of the pre-show to the finale with uh, Becky Lynch winning all three titles, that WrestleMania was over nine hours of show. Because wow. uh, uh, it was a, it was a two, seven, it was like seven and a half hour main card or something like that. Yeah, but it, but is and there don't white, forget the two-hour pre-show. Well, yeah, and I remember because we had friends over watching it, and it was like. It was it was almost one o'clock in the morning. It was like at well after midnight when the main event started. It's like wait a minute, uh, and then of course all the stories, horror stories that came out about the fans got stranded because the the public transport from the arena stopped running at midnight. So yeah, it was. I didn't go. I didn't go. I've I've only been to one WrestleMania, and that's WrestleMania two. Which uh, which was that was that was the. Uh, Hogan versus Bundy. I was, was going to say, I was, I was trying to remember what was the main event in your city. That was Hogan, but that was the cage match, right? Yeah, I was in L.A. And oh, yeah. uh, my my brother got tickets for $15 apiece. We were way up at the very, 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 very top of the L.A. sports uh, arena. But it was a uh, Pepsi now for $15. I was about to say, $15, you can get two sodas. Baby. Maybe right. if you yeah if you if you if you hit someone in line and steal their soda you can get two sodas for fifty dollars. <laughs> right. Well, continuing but, uh, with con- continuing with with SmackDown guys, um, the the SmackDown Women's Championship SmackDown Women's Championship is uh, uh, up for grabs. Bianca Belair is defending in the WrestleMania rematch against the returning Sasha Banks. Um, now, the buildup here is Sasha kind of de facto recruiting Carmella and... Um, holy crap, I just drew a blank on her name for a second there. Um, Zelina Vega. Thank you, yes. Carmella and Zelina Vega, um, who attacked at the contract signing, because if there's one thing wrestling has never had in its entire history is a peaceful contract signing. Um, yeah. What do you know all about that? I yeah, I think yeah. now now this one is interesting because I could really see it going both ways to bring to bring the chase back because Bianca Belair has been a great champion. She's had she you know, defeating Carmella, Zelina Vega, her her wonderful feud with Bailey, which unfortunately ended with Bailey's injury. Um but I really I mean Sasha Banks is the last heel, credible heel. SmackDown has to go after her title right now. And I think if you're going to want to mix the title scene up a little bit, maybe bring in one or two more faces to rotate out, I think you have to uh, you have to swap it here. I don't want to see it because I think Bianca Belair is a great champion. But I think Sasha – it's probably going to be nefarious. I don't think it's going to be clean. But I think Sasha Banks wins the title back. Same here. I think uh, now Bianca's, uh, I think as of SummerSlam, she'll be 132 days as a champion. But I agree with you. She's done a great job. Um, I just see you know, I see Sasha getting the belt back and then uh, Bianca chasing her for it. Not, not that Bianca's going to be out of, out of the title picture by any means, but I do, I do see a change here. 
have been in agreement so far yeah um now we get to diversify our choices a little except, bit uh, except on randy rose let, 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 let me let me let me let me uh, yeah no you, you uh you picked the uh the rk bros and yeah. uh and and that's it we've uh we've and and you you picked seth rollins right and yeah. and, so, and the, but we've agreed on everything else so Benny, this uh, our our review show. We we neither of us might win that one, um, but moving on, we get a little more diversity here. We may get to pick different women, uh, different competitors. The Raw Women's Championship is in a triple threat match as uh. Nikki Nikki Ash, and that's Ash. That's not Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash is defending against both Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Now, interesting side note here. Um, and I'm not really one to pay too much attention to the dirt sheets, but uh, the one of the driving points from from the narratives that came out when Ric Flair was released was he was very apparently very upset by the way they've been using Charlotte recently. And right. there are some rumblings that Charlotte herself might be upset. Um, she was in Mexico with uh, her uh, husband or fiance and uh, uh Ric Flair when Andrade wrestled at the AAA event, which they had a, a an event in Charlotte that she was supposed she was advertised for and didn't appear at. Not saying she no showed it. I'm sure she there was arrangements, but Charlotte really has kind of to me. I don't want to I don't want to criticize her because I think she's one of the better talents they have. But she really has been to me seems like she's been kind of phoning it in recently. Um, you know, you can kind of tell when somebody's not really they're they're not 100% involved. Um, her match against Rhea Ripley, uh, you wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as good as their Mania match and some of the stuff she's been doing. Um, but so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's de facto on her way out too. Uh, who knows? But um, this is this one's hard for me because. I could see, honestly, I could see anybody winning this from a storyline perspective. Uh, give giving the belt back to Rhea Ripley, because let's be honest, uh, I don't I don't think Rhea should have lost it the way she did uh, when we talked about that in our review of that pay per view. Um, but it seems too early, especially as weak as she's been booked on television, losing tag and singles matches for Nikki to lose the title. Um, I think this is one of those something screwy happens and Nikki kind of lucks her way back into it. But I think she keeps the belt here. Okay. So now things get interesting. So I, I do pick Charlotte and the reason why is because I, I think they're hell bent on uh, this would be what her 15th. If she won it. 
something like that. Yeah, I think they're just, you know, part of them is interested in jacking up her numbers. But I think what really is needed, I think, and I agree with you, you mentioned something about Rhea losing the title to Charlotte way before she should have. And I totally agree with that. What I think, though, the reason why I think Charlotte needs to win it is so that Rhea can get that signature win. You know, challenge Charlotte and get that clean win over Charlotte to really, you know, establish her legacy, which she hasn't, you know, she hasn't gotten yet. Yeah, well, and that's what I said about that match when when Charlotte beat her for the title again, is that Rhea needed that win. Charlotte didn't. So, yeah, if you're going to have Rhea re-win the belt at some point, it would make sense to have her win it from Charlotte. Well, I, one thing that I just wanted to comment on, and that is, if there's one if there's one specialty match that I can't stand, it's a three-way match. I just hate three-way matches. And in fact, when I was ever involved in a booking committee in any of the federations I was in, I always lobbied against a three-way match. I just think three-way matches involve the laziest booking and and usually there's some you know some wrestler has to take a fall outside the ring and pretend like they're out for two or three minutes while one of the while the two other wrestlers fight they get a near pin and then the person who's been lying outside comes yeah they awaken from their coma yeah they awaken from their coma even though what they took was you know an arm drag outside the ropes or something like that. You know, schoolboy. They're going to come over the schoolboy. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something, you know, something really minor. And they roll outside the ring and then they, you know, get a pillow and a blanket and then they sit and take a snooze outside the ring. They get they Oreos and, and milk. Yeah. It, it really bothers me. It's, I just, and I know that the, 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 the years of kayfabe are over, but I really like a match that if you just put them in time, and have them wrestling the whole time. If you hey, have one, you know, if you go down to a, a solo but, man, you know. Buddy. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you kind of cut out for a moment there. What was that last part? Oh, if you if you turn it into a like three different solo matches versus everyone in all three wrestlers in the ring at the same time, uh, that's the part I really hate about uh, uh, three-way matches. They turn into basically three solo matches, you know, with one wrestler taking a, a nap outside the ring while the other two fight each other. Um, I just, and I foresee that happening in this match too. You know, I, I think Charlotte is the odd lady out because of what happened with Ric Flair. So I think Rhea's going to win. Um, but if I got to tell you that this is going to be a match that I'm going to probably bag out of and and not watch in the second half of the, the program, that's probably the one I'm going to not watch because I just I can't stand three-way matches. Yeah, well, we've, we've talked about that before on the show. I've been extra critical, especially if you go back and watch some of the early day, you know, early triple threat matches. It was a prolonged three-way fight. But like you said, in recent years, it's become more and more of somebody gets laid out usually for something silly and then the it's 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 a one-on-one and then they get laid out and it's a different one-on-one and it's it's the worst 
is with the the proliferation of cameras in recent years you've you've we've seen it and benny i've called it out on the show before especially and, and i mean no criticism from the gender spectrum but you see it a lot with women's matches multi multi women matches where where on camera you'll see somebody kind of looking like kilroy you see their eyes over the ring apron waiting yeah. like they're just yeah, waiting for the spot yeah or or somebody's kind of half sits up they get they let's say they go through a table and they'll kind of half sit up like wait oh nope no hang on and then lay back down you know um and it's just it's crap and the fans know it and for the most part it, it tends to be boring especially when you see somebody let's say get they'll get thrown through a table and then pop right back up to break up the three count at the last second and it just gets predictable and silly but that's interesting because all three of us picked a different lady so uh so whoever the raw women's champion is one of us is right so it'd be interesting right. to see but moving my on pick is not a strong one my i will go on record saying my pick is not a very strong one and i i'm i'm not emotionally tied to it so if i'm wrong well, I, at least I can at, at least I can say of the three of us, I'm the only one who hasn't expressed a uh, who hasn't directly planned their their lunch break for the you know Benny Benny's stepping away when Alexa comes out and you're missing this match. So I'm the only one. It looks like it's going to watch. You got to pee sometime. You got to pee sometime. Especially with Peacock taking away the ability to pause this pause the live streams, but um. Now, now moving on, we've got the final two matches of the night are for the respective titles, and both Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, who have both been booked phenomenally well in months in the last few months, they've both been booked strong. They've been the heart and soul of their respective shows. Uh, they are both wrestling uh, full-time young up-and-coming talent uh, to see. I mean, hopefully one of these young kids gets the rib, but we'll see. Uh, Lashley is defending his title against, um, I hope I pronounced this name right. Is it Goldberg? I haven't really seen much from, from this kid, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, of course, He's of course French. I jest. um, Lashley's defending against Goldberg. He's got one of his, I believe it's two or three contractual matches a year. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, and I meet, this was one of those moments where when the rumors started coming out, probably about two or three months ago that that was going to be the SummerSlam match. I was like, Oh, come on. You know, especially if you remember his match at mania where terrible Goldberg, I mean, he was, he was no, no, no offense to the man, but he was winded, like blown out, breathing heavy winded after his entrance. He hadn't even gotten in the ring yet. He hadn't gotten in the ring yet. And Drew McIntyre was already carrying the match because Goldberg was gassed just walking to the ring and doing the kicks and stuff from his entrance. Um, however, with that being said, the build to this match has been phenomenal. Goldberg's promos, Lashley's promos, MVP's involvement, and now they've added the the factor of MVP messing with Goldberg's son. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. This match actually has a really good story going into it. Um, However, I mean, come on, you you can't, as a fan, as a man of logic, you have to believe Bobby Lashley is winning this match. But I said the same thing when Goldberg wrestled The Fiend. I said the same thing when Goldberg 
wrestled Kevin Owens. Um, you, you, you can't. I mean, come on, right? Right? They're not. They can't put the title on back on Goldberg, and and, and, and for him to have one match between now and next Mania, like I, I, I got to pick Bobby Lashley with this one more out of hope than anything. I just, you know, my my note says that Nancy Kerrigan is in the first row just saying, why, <laughs> why? <laughs> Enough already with Goldberg. Jeez, he's 54 years old. I mean, I get it and everything, but I, it can't even be a good match because Goldberg can't wrestle for more than a few minutes. Lashley's a stud. I mean, when we when he first beat McIntyre, we were kind of saying, we, we thought he was going to be a placeholder. The guy has done a phenomenal job. I mean, he gets better and better. You know, with MVP, I wish they still had the hurt business, but even with just MVP, it's their their act is phenomenal. What would they gain by putting the title on Goldberg? So, I mean, I get it. I mean, any match that Goldberg's in, there's always that chance that he's going to win, but it makes no sense. So, I'm I'm going with Lashley. Uh, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, Goldberg has another career. He does act. He, you know, he he's already made a lot of money, you know, prior to this. So, you know, he, you know, in WCW, and you know, when he shows up at WrestleMania, Vince throws all sorts of money at him. So it's not like he needs to be a champion again in order to make himself more marketable or to get the WWE over. I don't think the WWE stands to be more famous just because they put the title back on Bill Goldberg. Um, I, you know, I, you got to look at the last few WrestleManias where you've had, you know, whether it's the undertaker or you've had sting or you've had Bill Goldberg where they're, they're getting guys, that, you know, make me feel young when they get in the ring. And, and, you know, I stopped taking bumps about 10 years ago. Uh, not that I was ever great at, at taking, you know, taking a match full of bumps, but, but there, there has to be a time where guys say it's enough and you don't want, you know, a wrestler to get seriously, seriously hurt when they're old. Um, I just think that, that I'm hoping that, you know, next WrestleMania, we don't have anyone over the age of 50 uh, 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 vying for a, uh, a, world, a world title. I know that's asking a lot, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely for Lashley. He, he should, you know, even in a, in a, in a kayfabe sense, he should, you know, go out there and, and show himself well against Goldberg. And, and we should, you know, be moving on to seeing him fighting, you know, guys that are closer to his own age bracket and, and closer to him in physicality. Well, you know, buddy, I was gonna, I was gonna make a Giants reference here and say, you know, Barry Bonds. I think Barry Bonds is fifty-seven now. I think he was born in sixty-four. So, like, if he got up to pinch hit, I was gonna say, what are the chances of him crushing one? But I, I would say, I mean, I, I would think if he did crush one, it wouldn't even surprise me. But that's Barry Bonds. I would still rather see uh, uh, Brandon Belt at the uh, designated hitter spot than. Okay. Uh, than Barry Bonds right now, but I, you, you might, it might surprise you. I'm not a giant Barry Bonds fan, actually. I think I, Barry I, Bonds could still hit one of McCovey's Cove if he got a nice fastball. I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's been still doing the steroids. So if he's off the steroids, he might, even as hey. hard as he hit it, it might only go past the uh, pitcher's mound. Hey, now don't, don't forget. 
Barry Bonds never never tested positive. The, no. the artificial, I mean, the the sixty pounds of muscle, shoulder growth, and enlarged head were all natural from workouts. No no chemical enhancement there. I heard a shoe size this, went back from eighteen to nine again. Yeah, so no, who I, knows? I, I I am very proud of the three giant titles that I root for. Nobody, you know, tested positive other than Melky Cabrera during the. Uh, uh, 2012 season, and he got he was off by the time they went to the World Series. But nobody on the Giants was uh, uh, in the 2010-2014 and got busted for for any steroid stuff. I was glad to to win those titles without Barry's uh, uh, quote unquote help. Yeah, so, that's true. And I mean, story. let's be honest. Even even if uh, even if there had if Barry Bonds had popped, uh, Houston. And the Astros set the precedent for how much cheating is going to be tolerated by Major League Baseball. So, right. Yeah, very good point. Very but good point. But be, before we get too sidetracked, because I, I could talk baseball all day too. Before we Same before here. we move on, uh, the final what I believe will probably be the final match of the night should be the main event. Um, it's definitely going to be the match that is going to get the best crowd reaction. Um, has, in my opinion, the best story going into the event. The most over crowds. Uh, you saw the pop at the at, when he came back, and his appearances on SmackDown and Raw have been huge with crowds. The, especially this last SmackDown was a hundred. I mean, the promo battles and the crowd is a hundred percent in his corner. Um, Roman Reigns is defending the title against John Cena. Now, the interesting narrative here, the way they're building this story, is Cena. S- came back for two reasons. One, because he's one title away from the record. He, he, he needs one more and he's got 17. And two, he said that Roman Reigns has been protected by the WWE, so he's got to come back and be that guy that takes the title. You know, I, I can come in and shut you up. And I think this, it might, it's, it's definitely not going to be a technical masterpiece. I don't think it's going to be match of the night by any means, but it'll definitely be the one I think the crowd will be hottest for. It'll be probably be the one with the most close calls. Um, it is a Roman Reigns match, so it could very well devolve into John Cena kicking out of half a dozen spears or something. Uh, but I, this is the one, this is the wild card. I really, I, I don't think they put the title on John Cena, but if any, if any match here is is going to be the the one that says, "Holy crap, look at what they're doing," I think this is the one that surprises any everybody. Now, I I pick Roman Reigns because I honestly I think Ro- Roman Reigns needs to just keep the title forever at this point, like have him lose it at mania or something. He'll be, let him, let him be champ for two years, whatever it takes. Cause heel Roman reigns head of the table is the best character WWE has had in the better part of a decade. Um, I, I think he's great. Smackdowns as, as not to the, to the attitude era days, but Smackdowns ratings have reflected that the fans love Roman reigns as, as the champion, um, at least the show that they build around him. Fans are coming back in that SmackDown's ratings have, have it kind of gone up a little bit compared to the other shows. Uh, and unfortunately, John Cena being the public figure that he is, 
his schedule's well known and he's got several movies coming up that he's going to start filming in the fall. So I don't see him being able to be a champion that shows up more than once or twice between now and Halloween. So I, I, I pick Roman Reigns here, even though I think between these two matches, Cena is 10 times more likely to win a title this Saturday than Goldberg is. So I am the reincarnation of Babe Ruth, 1932, being we're doing baseball, 1932 World Series against the Chicago Cubs, Charlie Root, points to the center field bleachers. It's the next one right there. I'm calling this shot. John Cena wins, and then uh, a money in the bank cash-in by Baron Corbin. That's my shot. Oh God! He well, stole Baron the, Corbin he does. Stole the, he stole the, the, yes. the briefcase. Now, now, don't forget, Benny. We still have the go home SmackDown. Biggie could get his briefcase back between now and. Uh, I just think you know Baron Corbin is, he's broke, he's got no money, he's homeless, his car was repossessed, he's eating out of dumpsters or whatever the hell he's doing. I mean, what better place to to redeem yourself than Las Vegas? You, you know what I think. The 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 and I'll give you credit before, uh, buddy. Before I throw the final thought to you, I'll give you credit for that one. I think this this bum Baron Corbin down on his luck character, I think is great. And oh, he's, Baron he's Corbin, done a, a phenomenal he, job. He has leaned into it a hundred percent with his social media accounts and his and the the YouTube videos. Like he is living this life, kayfabe. If I knew it, where he it, lived, I'd send him a skit or ramen noodles. Jeez. Yeah. Like, like I mean, this he, I give him credit. And and the only way you end the, the hobo Baron Corbin character is by him getting some huge marquee money moment. And then that being the catalyst to turn the character around. What better place to hit the jackpot than Las Vegas? Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. What What do you think, buddy? Uh, I... I, to be honest with you, I hope Baron Corbin does come back and become champion again. He is better as a down on his luck heel, and, and I think people find him more relatable because you know there's a lot of folks in this modern uh, COVID era who you know have fallen off the graces of, uh, of their jobs and, and so forth. So I think he's sort of got that that sympathy vote when people uh, watch. Um, uh, I just, you know, Cena has fought a lot of matches. I actually worked a card with him a long time ago. Uh, and he was the prototype. He, uh, he came up to Vallejo with uh, the UPW invasion of all pro wrestling. So I have met him uh, a, a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. Um, but he has, you know, the movie stuff that's going on for him. Whereas Roman Reigns, as you pointed out, Sort of was the like, kind of went through the the honky tonk band like evolution where he was not a good face and none of the fans liked him and Vince tried to shove him down everybody's throat and then he turned him heel and Vince has been reluctant to to you know make him a star first and the fans loved him so much as a heel that he has no choice but to keep the title on him so I don't see SmackDown being um, served by making John Cena the face of the brand. And John Cena has enough going on outside. You know, he's got his TV shows. He's got uh, movies that he's, he's got going on. So it, I think it'd be very hard to schedule him, even though, you know, they could do the, 
the deal where he does, you know, one defense every every six months. But I don't think that's good for the brand. Whereas with Roman, you can get him to defend the title every week if you really feel like it. He's available. That's what he does. And he's young and, he's in, and now he's in good shape. You know, he, he doesn't have the, the cancer, at least, so we, we hope he doesn't. So I still see Roman holding that. But I can see Baron Corbin trying to cash money in the bank on Roman. So, you know, I can see that happening even with Roman Reigns, you know, being being the champion. I can see that that little story moment. Or maybe that would be something that they would wait until uh, 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 next SmackDown to try to, to, try to implement. But, uh, 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 I, you know, I just, I, again, Cena, you know, is also in the, the, the post-50 generation time, uh, wrestler. And, and I would like to see, you know, next year, WrestleMania, the two main events, feature guys that were younger and more up-and-coming and, you know, both contender and champion spots rather than, you know, uh, uh, digging in deep to the, uh, the oldest members that they can find to throw out there. You know, it's, it's, I don't want to see Hockey Talk Man in the main event or Hulk Hogan in the main event uh, next year in WrestleMania. At SummerSlam or WrestleMania, so you know they, they keep going to the well a little bit too much for these you know bringing guys out of retirement and putting them in the ring. Uh, one match would be enough for me uh, in in a, in a show like that. But to have your top two events featuring guys coming out of retirement basically to challenge for titles, to me I I I hope that's the trend that they've been. You know, and Vince does it because it makes him feel younger. Like when he says, oh, well, now there's 50-year-olds, you know, vying for titles. Vince figures, and do you think maybe Vince is going to try one more time to walk into the ring and try to, you know, get himself over as a champion again? I, I wouldn't put it beyond him. He's only 76, right? <laughs> he, he's got one more Royal Rumble win left in him. One more match. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. You know, he just so that he could, you know, prove that he's still king of the castle and that it's his fault and he can take it and go home if he wants. I bet he's going to try to, you know, book himself in one more match, even though when I've seen him walk around, he looks like he can barely move. But, but uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I just wouldn't put anything beyond Vince at this stage. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we all had our... Uh... <clears throat> You know, we had some some nice mix-ups, and we'll we'll see who uh, who's right. Don't forget, uh, SummerSlam is this Saturday. Sunday is the NXT pay-per-view, so uh, Saturday in Vegas. Obviously, with football season back in full swing, you're not going to see too many uh, football stadiums hosting pay-per-views on Sundays. But the crowd return. Uh, I sh- well, I shouldn't say returns. This is the first match in the new stadium, or the new first match. Excuse me, first pay per view in the new stadium. So the law, we get to see how hot the Las Vegas crowd is for wrestling. Uh, so I mean, it's been been fun, guys. Um, and and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, buddy, you got any uh, projects coming up? Well, every uh, week we do our wrestling and everything coast to coast podcast. And I love it if your listeners tuned in. We've had Benny on as a guest a number of times, and and we're uh, we, we have co-host in Evan Ginsberg, who is associate producer for the Wrestler and legendary wrestling photographer and historian Mike Leno. Uh, 
Evan's off for uh, a month because he's working on, on some other projects, but uh, Mike Leno has stepped up and, and brought in some good guests. We had uh, Nikita Brezhnikov a couple weeks ago uh, and Benny talking about uh, Bobby Eaton and, and uh, Assassin, Jody Ham- Jody Hamilton, and uh, I hate to say it, but I'd love to do a show when um, I could do a show and I didn't have to do a tribute to somebody dying. The last three right. years, we've done either Paul Orndorff or Bobby Eaton or Clinton Hamilton or Dominic DiNucci. We've had, we've had to do a tribute to Danny Hodge. We've had to do a, a tribute to, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, so many other wrestlers. But, you know, I'd like to just do, it's kind of fun. Tonight we did a show and I didn't have to, you know, talk about someone dying, you know, even like, yeah, Dominic DiNucci's tribute at the beginning, but at least, you know, I didn't have to mourn the death of someone who died, you know, hours before we, we, we did our show, which is right. Uh, right. Uh, unfortunately somewhat the hallmark of wrestling and everything else because it's become kind of a funeral show more than it's been uh, about uh, uh, retro wrestling. But uh, uh, so, so wrestling and everything else because you find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, and uh, I'm Buddy Catello. You can also find me on Facebook at uh, 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 facebook.com slash Buddy Sotelo, S-O-T-E-L-L-O-E-S-Q. And uh, happy for anybody's request or anyone that's, uh, that uh, listens into the show. We're very, very uh, interested in having your listenership. Well, there you have it. Four. The, yeah, like you said, wrestling and everything coast to coast. Four, Buddy Sotelo. Four. DBS Express himself, Benny Scala. I'm Dan Spastiano. Have a good night, everyone. And as always, happy wrestling. Good night.